What's going on? Welcome to the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. I'm your host, Josh, here with my co-host. KG! And uh, we're going to jump right into Mailbox Monday. Actually, Kyle was saying that he was listening to a podcast and they just discussed yeah. some things that are going on beforehand, so... I don't know. Any any conversation before we get into the questions? I think it's pretty cool. I'm uh, starting to go get a little bit more fired up because uh, we're sitting in this vehicle right now looking outside and the sun's coming back. We live in Toronto and we just had a gnarly winter. Gnarly. Gnarly, man. It was. You're it was, out surfing? It was pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah. I mean, we got like a lot of crazy snowstorms, like one a week pretty much. Remember clients having to cancel pretty much every single week. Yeah. It was just a real headache and I think me and Kyle both really, really enjoy the sun. We we seem to get really excited and motivated in the summer and you know, to actually walk outside and not feel punished yeah. by the air and everything and just, you know, walk over and even not wear a big fat, you know, winter jacket is a, a huge, huge positive in my mind oh yeah there's nothing better than waking up and you know uh, just seeing the sun hit you and it's something like i honestly feel a lot happier like i when the when the sun is out when i'm able to walk out in shorts when mm-hmm. i don't have to freeze my butt off like i know some people do struggle a lot during winter i'm not one of those yeah. types but i'm just not you know as uh, as happy as uh, being out in the sun yeah so. definitely way more happier when it's a little nicer uh, but I know, yeah, everyone, seasonal depressional disorder is an issue. You know, you, we'll have, I'll have some clients that aren't as fired up or motivated or focused, and that's okay. But I guess everyone gets it at a little bit different level. But it's cool to know we're pulling, we're clawing out of us uh, sp- towards spring, and that means uh, it's going to be summer body time. So what are you what are you working on right now with your current physique? Right now, uh, I just I had a pretty big cut, kind of. It wasn't massive, just getting ready for Miami. Um it wasn't, it wasn't anything crazy, got down to the low 160. So right now I'm just trying to feed myself almost as much as possible uh, in a way without gaining too much weight, but slowly uh, gain about five to 10 pounds and then do an official 12 week cut for summer. 12 weeks, eh? You yeah. doing a show? No, but it's just a good time frame. Lose about. I was telling some of my clients the other day. No, nah, just uh, a show for the beach. Um, I'm gonna set a goal of maybe one to one point five pounds per week. Start around one seventy and see what I can do. And um, you know, check in with. So you're them. doing a big cut. I'd like to get into the one fifties. There you go. It'll be it'll be pretty. I have. Kyle looked good head. in the one fifties to see some abs, right? Yeah, exactly. We, we almost saw Kyle's abs once when he went to compete. Yeah. Uh, he got pretty lean. How how light were you? I was uh, 153 to 155, so yeah, I was down there. And he kept saying, I hate it, I feel like I shouldn't be this light, mm-hmm. everyone, you know, and I'm, and then my thing was, I know I've said this on the podcast before, but mm-hmm. I stand by it too, like, people get so focused on their weight, no one cares your weight. Yeah. Like, unless you're a weird fitness person like us, and you know, your friends, or your coach, no one's going to ask you your weight. Like, if you look good, you're a buck fifty. who cares? And guys, you're like, oh, I want to be 210, it's like, no, you just want to look bigger and better like weight is so arbitrary mm-hmm. you know like even me i probably look like i'm a buck 80 but i'm like 210 almost you know it just matters where you hold this and people hold a lot of weight in their legs they have big jack legs and that's going to be weight is just a tool we like to use um, but even for kyle kyle's using it in the better sense that he knows 150 is where he will be quite lean because yeah. you if you know your ranges and your body weight does matter more like for me 220 i'll know i'm probably around 18 to 20 18 19, 20% body fat, realistically, like true body fat. Whereas, you know, 210, like where I am now, I'm probably, you know, 
13, 12, somewhere in that range. I know at 215 I duck sud at 14%. So, you know, obviously muscularity, hydration, all these things will affect it. But it gives me a ballpark of where I am, where I like to sit, how lean I like to be. So what are the cows at right now? Right now, 2,800. And I, I got down to um, probably low 2,200-ish. So I've been able to add that and I've gained only a few pounds, which has been kind of cool. So, um, you know, I, I took it. I, it was hard because I wanted to keep cutting. And then I was like, okay, you know what? Let me just feed myself a bit more. There's no point in just staying in a diet. Um, starting to feel a lot better, a lot more energetic and stuff. And then I'll do an actual cut. Because I find sometimes if you just kind of stay at a consistent cut, it's hard to actually stay focused. Whereas if you go in knowing, hey, I'm actually going to shred. And there's two different ways to approach it. Like, you know, um, I do think going forward, I'll probably try to stay relatively lean um, and then like hit a maintenance. But, you know, for this summer, I'll probably try to get shredded. There you go. What about you, man? It's pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. I'm chilling. Chilling. Live my life. <laughs> Not nothing really. Just getting getting strong, pushing the compound super heavy, getting as strong, kind of as big as I can at my range. I'm like 207 to 209. I like that range. Yes, yeah, so you're now. hanging out there. No desire to move, change, do anything. I, I like where I'm at. Just trying to get as strong as I can, improve my muscularity, be smart, train smart, get a little better each day. That's it. That's the motto. So shall we jump into Mailbox Monday? Yeah, man. So first question. So I want to give a couple shout outs. There's about, sorry, four four people that have consecutively asked numerous questions. We've got Luca. We've got Karen. We have um, Sophia, Spartan Sophia. And then there's, uh, I believe, Paul Nern. So you guys are beauties. There's... Uh, a lot more questions that we need to be asked. First questions from our boy Luca. He's basically saying he has ankle mobility restrictions and he's trying to improve that ankle mobility. And he's wondering if he should be using squat shoes when he has these restrictions. So in my opinion, uh, it's a little tough. You know, there can be a million different restrictions you have. It could be pronating inward, outward. Uh, it could be a million things and it could kind of lead into other things. So if you have really bad mobility, you know, you could kind of shoot one hip up before the other, you know, and it just causes causes little tweaks and tears that you don't want. As far as using squat shoes, I do like squat shoes because they're going to keep your foot really tight and secure. Um, it's really balanced and you're actually able to kind of elevate that heel, lean forward and sit back in that squat a lot more comfortable. Saying so, I'm not like um, a foot specialist or anything like that and it really is case specific. So don't take my uniform advice as a one size fix all. I would definitely recommend talking to someone because I know foots can impact a lot. Like even me, I have very, very flat feet. So it's actually a goal of mine to go try to get something, maybe get some inserts, because these things do add up and it does compound over time when you consider, you know, even when you're using these trackers, like 10,000 steps a day, you know, you want to try and improve that mobility best you can and it's good to see you're actively doing that, but I know Kyle has a more specific case example. Yeah, I remember back when we were evaluating my squat, it looked like um, pretty much every time my ankles would turn inwards, my heels would lift up and uh, we made a video on this, uh, type in Colossus Fitness Addy Power Review. I believe it was the Audi Powers, yeah it was. Um, and uh, I was basically saying that as soon as I started using the squash shoes, everything you know, pretty much uh, started to look better. And I'm, I've actually gone back to like my regular chucks, my, my Converse flat shoes, and my heels never lift up. My ankle mobility seems to be a lot better. I have changed my stance to low bar, so it's a bit of a wider stance, but it pretty much did help me out uh, quite a bit, I'd say. Yeah, Colin. 
horrible ankle. <laughs> yeah, it was it was bad. I was. I mean, I'd still say it's a bit of an issue for you right now. Yeah, I mean, if you, I go to regular, you, you squat, lean a lot on yeah. your low bar, which you're supposed to to a degree, but it, it's just tough. Like ev- everyone has little things, and even to Kyle's point, high bar and low bar is going to impact what shoe you could use. Mm-hmm. There's uniform knowledge. High bar, use a heeled shoe. There's low bar, use a flat shoe. But then there's people that go, no, no, no. It's the complete opposite. Use your Oli's for low bar. Use your Converse for high bar. It's like so preferential. And we're all built so different and unique that it's very, very case-specific situation. So I'd have to see your squat. I'd have to know exactly what problem you have. I'd have to do my best. And then if not, I'd recommend talking to a specialist. And that's what's so great about a specialist is when it's a very case-specific thing that's inhibiting you a lot, it might just be worth going and get that checked out. And I think that's a mark of a good fitness professional being able to say, I'm not 100% sure. I don't know. Or, you know, refer to someone that's very, very informed on the specific issue. And that's just a general good thing to do. Alrighty. Next question we got uh, from Graham. He asked, what did your training split look like when you were training for powerlifting meets? I'm trying to think back because we did quite a few of them. Well, the fun thing with powerlifting is there's a hundred different ways to go about it. That's what I say to all my clients. I like it powerlifting so much because it's not like your typical instruction booklet where it's like this is exactly what you do to get as strong as you can. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so many different programs, methodologies, and schools, and it will really depend for you what is the best, you know. And the questions that will go to this is how much volume can you take? How much time do you have? What are your goals outside powerlifting? Do you care about your physique or not? Are you performance only? What's your history with training? What are your limitations? And there's so many cool facets of it that to be your strongest self, you need to have great genetics, great training, great discipline, great programming, um, great timing, great form. It's so cool Mm -hmm. because it's very simple. It's three movements, but it does become very advanced and kind of push. I think last time we competed, we ran PH3. That's Lane Lane Norton's uh, linear volume program. Uh, Currently, we're running one of my programs. Um, We've also run Candido before competing, and then we've also run Conjugate Training. So we've tried many. Um, I've experimented with a lot of others. I've made a lot myself. I like making linear programs. I find I have the most success with those. Um, Conjugates and stuff can be okay. They're not necessarily my favorites. I'm also like not, I was really, 5x5 is my all-time favorite for beginners if you're new and just want to start out. 5x5 is amazing. Um, I've done like three suns. I've done a bunch of different things basically. Yeah, so yeah, we've done everything. It was funny actually. We did three competitions, and each competition we did a different program. So yeah, that's true. I'm uh, I'm really I'm tr- I'm having trouble remembering which one was the best because we were different weights and we were you know so many different things to to factor in. Like one of the times we had to water cut the night before, one of them we did it the day of and stuff. Uh, but you know they're all solid. If you guys need help with online coaching, Josh made a fantastic one we're using right now. Everything is customized, and uh, you know if you're looking to get stronger, it's not just about looking online and finding Arnold's blueprint to mass. It's about having actual numbers to target each time, so that way you know. Because so many people will come in and try to max out every single time. Like the first week we were doing the workout routine, and it has you doing maybe 70 or so percent, and it really humbles you because you want to go heavier, but you know that you're not supposed to be. Um, 
but you know, hit us up if you need help. Yeah, and piloting program is an immensely technical thing. It takes me hours and hours to make them because um, there's percentage-based training and then there's percentage-based effort-based training. So, you know, 70% for a yay amount of reps will be a certain difficulty and should produce, you know, however many reps left. Um, there's good volume charts you can use to try to understand this, but it needs to be very finicky because you can't overtax someone. Uh, you can't destroy someone's CNS early and, you know, you have to really look at a routine as a whole picture and have things build and complement each other. It really becomes like artwork. It's very, very hard to make a good powerlifting routine. General fitness routine is super easy, but it is a lot of work, but you, you get an ear for it the more you practice. But if you want to get serious about powerlifting, 100% you need a coach. It's the best way around it because even when you're um, programming for yourself, it's going to get really finicky. Uh, you're not going to want to give yourself not enough volume or way, way too much volume. Usually people fall on other sides, so it's definitely something to consider. Beauty. Um, this is from Spartan Sophia. Another question was alcohol and fitness. Is it okay in moderation or should I just skip it all together? We also had another one actually, the same question. Paul, one of the guys who's very active, he said, what's your view on alcohol? I've stopped for the last six months and noticed a huge difference in energy, sleep, gains, and motivation. So yeah, I guess the first thing is understanding is um, alcohol actually deprives your body of nutrients, right? It's a poison essentially, so your body wants to filter it out. That's why it wants to excrete it basically as efficiently as it can. So in that sense, it is detrimental. However, even like I know recently LeBron's been pretty popular. I think he has a glass of wine almost every single day, which is insane for an elite level athlete. And there's been a lot of positive studies for, you know, within moderation once a day. Mm -hmm. So it comes down to a personal level. I'd say if you want to be your best athlete, you'd want to avoid anything that could hinder you essentially. Um, but for your everyday person, it just becomes a battle of the lifestyle you personally want to live and your goals and finding that happy medium somewhere in between. A hundred percent. I'd say if you're someone that truly, you know, if you value it, um, it's something that you don't completely have to cut out. Um, whereas you need to really take a look at and see how much you're consuming. I had one guy who was starting with me and he was con consuming a lot of alcohol. And then once we got that cut out, so many different things, like Paul was saying, um, just changed like in a heartbeat. Like he was mm -hmm. so much more energetic. He was at, like for our 6 a.m. sessions, he was able to wake up so much easier. Um, you got to realize that also when you're having too much alcohol, uh, you go off the deep end with food. Um, you're just, there's so many negatives. So if it, you're someone who's just wanting to consume the social drink here and there at dinner it's a different story than someone who's exactly. going out every night and partying and you don't feel good and you don't want to work out the next day you know we've all been there and it's uh, not a good feeling so Sweet. so yeah we film these podcasts kind of wherever we can sometimes we can film it in the gym sometimes we're in a car uh, so we're in a car right now like directly across from us is like two cops because they're just chilling drinking their coffee but i think they're seriously confused why two dudes are just sitting in a car talking to a camera really awkwardly but uh these are the things we go through for y'all so that's love and it's hot man it's hot in here i forgot how much it's like in the summer i kind of enjoy it because i'm so used to being freezing yeah i'm gonna try and take in this beautiful sun and seeing all the snow melt but it's pretty joke so what's the next question uh what are some good foods to graze on especially on a road trip to graze on so that'd be that's like just like terminology to eat see. yeah that's a good question i love that question i even had a client say they were with me and they went over a little bit on the road trip it's always been a issue for them they're always eating chips and it's on a pop but they felt because they're coaching now they actually did a lot better 
um, and they weren't completely over and they were only over by a little bit, but what in the future could they do? So that's funny that we actually got this question essentially twice. So for me, my number one is beef jerky. That's pretty much pure protein through and throughout. Mm -hmm. It's like the number one fun road trip food, you know, stick to your waters, your coffee, essentially like juice and pop are where you're going to get really in trouble. And you know, be intelligent where you stop. If you just only make time to pull over to McDonald's, you're going to be a lot more restricted than if you can go kind of out of your way to somewhere that you really like. Like a Chipotle has always been really good for us. And I think a big thing too is just like, why do you need to be eating in the car so much? Like drive, listen to music, drink water, do other things. Like you don't always need to be eating. People get bored on road trips and that's why they eat all this stuff. You know, you can just stop, get a quick meal for 30 minutes at like Chick-fil-A, Chipotle, anything like that, anywhere half decent, honestly, any restaurant, you can make work. So that's my best advice. Yeah, I don't even really have anything to add there. That's perfect. Yeah. We do the same thing when we go on the road trip, so... Um, let me see. Uh, I'll have a good one. Yeah, so one of it. my clients said he's been taking creatine, but he doesn't feel any energy boost and he doesn't feel any different. Oh, that's a pretty cool question because to me, it's kind of a no-brainer. Like creatine, you, you're not going to feel. You're not going to notice it. Uh, you take it basically, you know, and once it saturates your muscle, you'll just kind of wake up and you'll be like randomly heavier. Like usually I'll blow mm-hmm. about four pounds when I'm on creatine. So it's pretty funny, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow. And you look the same. You've done everything yeah. right. And basically it's just allowing your uh, your body's ability to use ATP, kind of synthesize and utilize water in your muscle, and that's why you just get a more saturated, dense muscle, and you're not really going to see that at all, you're not going to look chubbier, you're not going to look tighter, um, basically it's just going to give you a little more output and pop in that muscle, so I always like to think like 2-5%, to 5%, you know, somewhere you're just going to feel a little bit of a, a jump, that's just my number, I feel that about that much better myself when I can do it, I'm sure a lot of that is placebo as well, but don't expect anything crazy, but it does work, and that's why it's one of the best natural supplements out there oh creatine's awesome so we had uh another question this is from uncle travis uncle travis big t big t big t big t i showed him out last week he loved it oh yeah so that's probably what your lots remember oh yes that was the one because he's a beast i'll say it again so what is the best way to warm up for a one rep max or personal record? Oh, that's a good question, that, dude. That's, that's what's up. Because I get asked this about every other day for my clients. Because usually I'll say, like, hit these numbers, but I won't do their bites for them. So if you're someone that gets super injured or needs to has a lot of mo- lack of mobility, spend all the time you need warming up. Do what you need, you know. Do little baby bites. Work your way up. Definitely don't be that person that just loads up. You know, if you're trying to hit 405, they just walk up, load up 405, and yank it. That's not what you want. You want to warm up the muscle, and you want to warm up the muscle within the exercise. So I don't do a lot of outside warm-ups for my compounds. I do, like, a few things, you know, like here or there. Like, I have a lot of back issues, so I'll just do a lot of shrugs, neck rolls, you know, just loosen things up, get the blood flow going. Um, That's usually it for me, and then I'll just do little bites. So usually for me, it'll be, like, the bar, 135, 225, uh, 315, and then usually 400s, whatever, 405, then my last bite. Uh, So it's up to you. It depends how strong you are. Like, if you're not doing a ton of weight, you know, you can do less bites, more bites. It's There is no right answer. I like going up with the plates because I usually am in the four or five hundreds. So that's something that works for me pretty well. But it's a very personal situation. So, like, let's say Kyle's doing 315. Kyle might want to do, you know, the bar 
then he might want to do a plate, then he might want to do 185, then he might want to do 225, then he might want to hit 275, mm -hmm. then he might want to do 315, whereas I might just want to go 125, 225, 315. It, it's very personal. I just wouldn't do huge jumps. And whatever jumps you do, do try to keep them consistent. So if I have someone benching 175, you know, for, for instance, they'll do the bar, maybe a plate, then maybe we'll do 155, then 175. So you can see those last two jumps are about 20 pounds. Uh, you want to keep it something you're kind of familiar with. So the issue is if you do too many little bites, you're, bites, you're going to like use more energy yeah. than you'd probably want to. So that's the risk, but you're going to warm up that muscle. Whereas if you do a huge jump, um, the weight can kind of feel foreign and super heavy and, you know, switching over, you might think you feel a little weaker and then mentally you'll be a little weaker because you don't have that pop. So these are the two balance is um, the two factors you need to balance and consider and really find what works best for you so my best advice is play with it be smart you know usually I would go towards more than less unless you're really seasoned um, even myself I I've realized a few times I've tried to cheap out and start at 225 or something it's like one of the times where I'll be like ooh, I don't feel perfect so yeah that's why and even Dan Green seminar we've said this a lot but I stand by it your warm-ups are a time to do with power you know you're not just lollygagging going through them slowly do them with some pop some finesse some power really explode on those movements throw that bar around let yourself know it's light let yourself go man i feel i feel strong i feel powerful today and that's mm -hmm. going to transfer into everything else yeah i'd say do whatever makes you feel most comfortable even if josh and i are both pring and he puts on 225 after 135 which is what he would usually do because he's going a lot higher um if i don't feel comfortable like i can ex like hit that rep with explosion and confidence then i'll go 185 hit it crush it and then build that confidence and go 225 to go to the next one so i love it let's yeah. let's end it there i know you got one few. more question one this more. is about the review oh it wasn't even a question didn't know how to leave a review but thanks for the podcast guys i'm listening from I basil like so this is for um the actual podcast like apple apple podcasts yeah. uh just type in fit healthy and happy podcast there's a picture of josh and myself um looking pretty cool there and then all you have to do is see where the five stars would be and then just click it write a review it'll ask you to and then you're good to go it would mean a lot i don't think a lot of people realize i know some for spotify are they able to leave review? no not on spotify I don't think not so. On so that's why when we say but, yeah. this um it's got to be for the uh for the apple um but review, yeah so. I, I know like it's a probably you know a minute or two of your day and we're sorry to take that from you but if you can take that time it honestly does mean so much because we haven't got as many as we want and the more reviews we have i think the more it pushes us up in the rankings mm -hmm. and the more ability this podcast has to be discovered so if, you know if, if you can do that little part to help us out it means so much i'm almost sure if they're using androids and they have google play they can definitely leave oh, yeah? reviews. okay yeah, yeah i remember seeing up. uh wherever you can that. if you see it hit it up yeah so yeah we appreciate you guys sticking around this is pretty cool 25 minutes all right so. tomorrow we have a um a podcast going up with guest colin DeWay. uh he's a great guy um you know someone we've kind of started youtube around the same time as us he's got 5k subs he himself is a coach i think he's being coached by paul Riviera, one of our friends and acquaintances we have so um we apologize for the audio last week we know it wasn't perfect but it's a really good interview with mike rosa if you haven't heard that already definitely go check that out this week you know the audio is going to be a lot crisper so that's something to look forward to uh but we'll see you tomorrow for that interview peace